You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 143. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Lisa Renee Jones, who is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. Her latest book, The Poet, follows Samantha Jazz, the lead detective on the case of a violent serial killer dubbed The Poet. It's the first book in a new thriller series from Elisa Renee Jones, so we talk about uh, that with her, as well as uh, what it's like starting a new series, about her other books, her writing process, and a lot more, so stay tuned for the interview coming up here in just a moment. Before we get to the interview, I wanted to let you know that The uh, Poet and many of the thrilling books from my guests over the years are available as audiobooks from Audible. I love audiobooks. It's a wonderful way to fit in some thrilling books while I'm out and about or doing house chores or what have you. And if you visit thrillingreads.com forward slash audible, you'll be able to get a free trial of Audible. And by signing up via my link, you'll be supporting the podcast. So I do appreciate that. So go to thrillingreads.com forward slash audible uh, for the details. All right. Here is my interview with Lisa Renee Jones. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Alan with Meet the Thriller Author. And on the podcast, I have uh, Lisa Renee Jones. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, great. Thank you. And so uh, before we get into the book and, and everything, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your writing journey so far? Oh, gosh. Well, um, I actually owned a staffing agency for 11 years across Texas and Tennessee, believe it or not. And um, I, But I had a creative side. I had done some acting and some stuff that just kind of, you know, there was no time for it. Life got in the way. So that creative, you know, part of me was just nagging at me. So one day when I was in the airport, I um, said, you know what? I am not going to work on the plane like I always do. I'm going to read a book. I have not read a book in forever, and I love reading. And so I did. I gobbled it up, and I went, Mom, you know what? I'm going to write a book. And, you know, so many people say that, but, like, three months later, I had written a book. It was horrible, <laughs> <laughs> but I had written a book. And um, and then from there, I went to a writing convention, and they asked everybody, you know, uh, how many of you have – actually finished a book. And I thought, well, everybody's going to say they have. Why else would you invest the money to come to one of these conventions? And I was shocked that only a small portion of the room had actually written a book. (laughs) So I'm just kind of one of those people who, when I decide I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, So that's kind of how I started writing. And I did get published fairly quickly, but, you know, I didn't get published in a big way until a few years later um, when one of my series... um, became a big success, which was really such a blessing. And especially since it was kind of like the series of my heart and it still is. Mm. Yeah. So, so the beginning you're running your business and writing at the same time. I was secretly and none of my staff knew what's so funny <laughs> now is I'll have some of my staff like randomly um, email me through Facebook or something and say, Oh my God, <laughs> it's, it is you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I saw that on your website. I was curious about that because it says you were uh, uh, listed as number seven uh, growing women-owned business and entrepreneur magazine back in those days. Yes. Have you have you found that background as an entrepreneur, business owner, has it helped you in the in the publishing business? Oh gosh, big time! You know, um, back when we were allowed to get together as groups, and I used to give little speeches. And one of the things I talk to authors or and and especially aspiring authors about is that you are in this 
to make money. It's a business. So if you go into this and you think, I just, I want to write a book. I want to be published. Then, you know, you're going to not make any money at it. Then your publisher is not making any money either. So you have to go into it smartly and think it's not just about writing the book. It's about selling books. It's about marketing the books. It's a much bigger picture than just writing the book. Yeah. I always hear that. that, Oh, I just want to write, but those, unless you like get a huge contract or whatever, but even Stephen King and those people, they're they're still out there promoting their books. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, um, when I, you know, with my inside out series, it's sold pretty big, but then you have the pressure of, okay, you sold big, but you got to make that money back for the publisher. (laughs) And um, so if you don't, then you won't keep getting those contracts. I mean, it's, it's, people don't realize, oh, well, and then because they paid you big, they're going to market big. Not necessarily. I mean, you're counting on all these other people to do it. And what if somebody, you know, you know, gets sick or goes on maternity leave that is critical to your process? I mean, I had a lot of things happen over my career, like um, during my first big, huge release, which was my first really big contract, um, Barnes and Noble was in a, was still huge back then, and they were in a huge war with my publisher. And they, despite the fact that their buyer made my book a top pick, they would not even list my book on their website. Wow. They would not give in caps. So I mean, there's things like that that are out of your control as an author. So I mean, of course, the most important thing is write the best book you possibly can because that's the you know, the bones of it all. But you know, that's critical. Yeah, and you, and you, you, your first, your first books. The you, you started out with the writing like romance, romantic suspense. Is that correct? Right. I did, um, but you know, it, like for instance, Inside Out. It is really we'll call it an erotic thriller, and I say that because I chose in that series. There was this element to it where she finds this journal, and it's a. Um, it's kind of a sexy journal and she's not that kind of person at all. But she, as she starts reading the journal, she gets um, very engaged by this person, obsessed with them, and then kind of goes and almost lives her life. She gets her job, her everything. And as she's interacting with all these people, you wonder, is she dead? And did this person kill her? <laughs> you know, um, so it was still always a thriller. I mean, even though, yeah, it had a romantic elements. So thrillers are always where my heart has been. Mm. And so can you tell us a little bit about, about the latest book, about the poet? Uh, yes. Um, so I um, so this book is, Samantha Jazz is a very strong female detective, but she's strong mostly because she trusts in her own skills. She's not like this female that walks in there and, hey, everybody, you know, listen to me, do this, do that. No, she's, you don't even really think about her being a female in a male-dominated uh, world because she is just, it's just about her confidence. Um, but so she's also pretty obsessive about her work and almost to a point where it's, um, dysfunctional. Um, and so she gets obsessed with a particular killer, um, and he gets obsessed with her and, um, she actually, um, they think that he's disappeared, but ultimately he comes back and he starts writing poems that he leaves, um, in the victim's mouth and, they're directed at her. They have a personal message to her. And because she has a background in poetry, she understands what they're telling her. So um, two really intelligent people battling with each other. Um, and I, I love that element when it's two super intelligent people and it's like, who's going to outsmart the other person? Yeah, and I, I really love the name of uh, Samantha Jazz. Uh, is, I'm curious how you came up with that. Is, that a, is Jazz an actual surname out there? 
No, well, okay, so jazz, um, there's a connection in the book to jazz and poetry. And there's actually a connection to her last name that I can't really tell you or kind of gives away some stuff, but that it actually was created because of a connection in the book that's important. So, cool. but yeah, I actually really love the name too. I, I, yeah. love, I love this name. So it worked out so great that it tied so well to the book. And were you a fan of poetry as well? Do you, is that, do you want, why you put that angle in there or is that just came as part of the plot? process yeah it just came as part of the plot process although my mom used to write poetry so I'm sure you know I think you take little elements of all kinds of things in your life that um, you pluck here and there you know I I think we all use everything at some point that we've ever experienced (laughs) and so were you worried about now like uh, writing the the more like the erotic thrillers and now writing the this this type of thriller like uh, are you seeing crossover from your readers or do you have to like warn them that this is a different type of book I'm kind of worried well, no I mean I, I write lots of thrillers and like my Lila Love series she's a um, criminal profiler and um, yeah I mean like Inside Out was an erotic thriller and I will say the only reason I call it an erotic thriller is I use that as part of the plot because when are you the most vulnerable when you're daring to, to go somewhere that you've never gone? So in this case, the book was really the erotic part was the journals. Um, and so um, it gave that edge of, you know, is she trusting when she shouldn't trust? But, uh, you know, in another book, it's something completely different uses that element for the thriller. Um, so, I mean, definitely um, this is uh, uh, something that's, you know, down my it's my avenue. Uh, Perfect Lie, which is going to be in bookstores in November, actually released early as an ebook, and it's a domestic thriller. So, so it's definitely um, something that my readers are used to, even the ones that like romance. And so, you said that uh, this uh, the Samantha Jazz is uh, this is a standalone, but it's a it's part of a start of a series. Yeah, just like you know, mm-hmm. there's um, Jack Reacher that oh, kind yeah. of thing. yeah. So it's each one is a different case. Um, Book two, which is out next March, um, The Girl Who Forgot, it's almost a little bit more domestic thriller, whereas the first book's quite procedural, which I am so glad my husband's um, cousin is a detective in Houston because he helped me a lot. And then I um, approached a very well-respected detective that goes to my gym. And thankfully, yeah, I was got really lucky. I overheard him talking. I'm like, okay, I don't want to seem like a stalker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I heard you're a detective. And not only was he a detective, he got um he was one of the top 40 out of 40. It's some it's an international award um for um people in law enforcement. He had just gotten that and he's investigated police um shootings, like police involved shootings or officer involved shootings. So he was he helped me with the scene in the book. I mean, it was really helpful. So, you know advice to people who are writing books you know find your sources wherever you have to find them. <laughs> yeah even at the gym <laughs> yeah even at the gym <laughs> wow yeah you always find that they're they're pretty they want to be pretty helpful i always get really nervous about it but people like to help <laughs> yeah i was nervous i was really nervous and i thought god and he's gonna think i can't escape her now i'm at the gym <laughs> <laughs> But he's super nice. And I when I gave him a copy of the book because it has a dedication in him, I'm like, don't read it. But he read it. I'm like, don't read it because I don't want to know everything I screwed up. <laughs> oh, I, I get the same way too. When people say they read my books, I cringe. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, you walk into your doctor's office and they're like, oh, I read that book. I'm like, oh, okay, if you read it, don't tell me. <laughs> 
Also, especially like if it's like your gynecologist and you're sitting there, I'm like, I don't want to talk about my book right now or the, or the idea that you know who I am outside of this. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned that you were a fan of, of thrillers uh, before you started to write uh, write these books. Uh, what are some of the authors that influenced you as a writer? Oh, gosh. You know, one author that really influenced me, even though she still writes a little bit of romantic suspense, is Sandra Brown. She um, started in romance, and I had read this interview she did where she talked about how she started in category romance, and she wrote like eight of those little novels a year, and then she gradually progressed to um, write really successful thrillers. And um, I think, you know, as you I think for me, watching an author as they um, not only are they talented, but as they transition in their career and mature within it, um, I, I admire that so much. So she she's definitely someone that I like. Um, Lisa Jackson was another person who did the same kind of thing. So I really admire her. But I mean, I, I just love um, thrillers. I mean, Taryn Fisher, she started kind of romancy and look at her now. She's super successful. And I really love um, her book. So there's a lot. There's so many. <laughs> yeah. And I, I interviewed a, a Tess Gerritsen of the Resolian Isles and I, I didn't, I hadn't realized that she started in romance too, before she started to write the thrillers. So it seems like it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, uh, you know, romance was a really, really big genre um, for a long time. And so I think, um, you know, you kind of radiate maybe when you start writing to, to something that's really comfortable and familiar as well. Cause I mean, Romance is something we all know, right? It's a it's difficult when you start writing thrillers. There's so many different aspects to it, pacing and you know just all the different you know layers to it that you don't necessarily have in a straight romance. And so I'm kind of curious about your writing process. Do you like do you outline or you see the pants stepwriter? You know, I I love to write see the pants, but thrillers don't always allow that to happen and. Also, like a like the poet, for instance, um, was sold into Walmart and Target off an outline. So I was forced oh. to write an outline, which I didn't stick to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, and then book two was the same way. So in some cases, I'm kind of forced to do it, and I don't dislike it. I mean, um, like book two, I know I'm going to stick to that outline. I'm like really crazy about that outline, and exactly, I feel like I will. But you know, I say that, but probably halfway in, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going left, I'm going right. You know, that's just how it works. <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting that you said you, that you sold, you were able to sell that um, off the outline because usually they say you have to have the whole manuscript written, and then it's kind of like a, am I wasting my time writing this? <laughs> I think that's early in your career. I think once you're established, it kind of gets a little bit easier to do those kinds of things. Um, nice. But yeah when, yeah, when you're first starting out, that's so, it's like, oh God, I'm going to spend all this time. What if they hate it? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I guess, yeah, so I guess once you have your track record, you get a little bit, a little bit more leeway then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely do. I mean, I, I think, I've, and I, in this case, I actually wrote a pretty detailed outline. In the past, I've been able to, so with, you know, just a much shorter outline, but this was, you know, when they're talking about putting it on a Walmart or Target shelf, something like that, I think they kind of want to know in more detail what they're going to get, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was kind of curious, too, with the whole the pandemic, uh, did that change your your affect your writing at all or your, is, is your process? <laughs> yeah, the public was supposed to be out in November. Oh, um, yeah, so that was kind of, you know, a bummer because I was so excited about it and the book's been written forever and, you know, um, so then it didn't come out till March. And of course you wonder, 
you don't, you know, it's my first print release since a pandemic. So how does that affect people grabbing the books? And all my publisher say, says that it's, you know, still going to be a good thing, but uh, cause people are reading a lot of people are at home, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But you also worry about, do people have throwaway cash too? Cause books are still throwaway cash, even though we don't want that to be the case. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I mean, I've been writing from home forever. So I didn't feel like anything really changed for me other than my publication date. <laughs> and have you thought about how you're going to handle the whole COVID pandemic in, in future books? Will you address it or not address it? Or I was kind of curious about that. Oh gosh, no. I, yeah. I think people are so tired of hearing about it. The last thing they want is to have it show up in a book. I agree. <laughs> I think, you know, books are supposed to be an escape. So we want to get away from that stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so what's uh, next for you then in uh, for Samantha Jazz? So that's The Girl Who Forgot. And um, I'm super, super excited about that one. She um, actually tries to take a break. She goes to a um, a bachelorette party and then, you know, something bad happens and she ends up pulled into all of that. And um, it does, ha- it is more domestic thriller in that there's going to be the point of view of another character and, you know, you don't know if you can trust that person or not. And I, I'm, I think it's, um, I'm probably more excited about it than the poet, but I think we're always more excited about what comes next, you know, yeah. <laughs> but that's what's got our, you know, creative juices going. <laughs> yeah. I was curious with the domestic thrill- thrillers too, because that seems to be so popular right now. Um, like what exactly uh, qualifies that or, or is a domestic thriller? What makes a domestic thriller? Well, a domestic thriller is more character based than like um, crime scene based. Mm. Um, so, you know, like the girl on the train, mm-hmm. you're in her head. She's you, it's really is she telling you the truth? Do you know, you know, what's really going on and you're trying to figure it out? Um, so that's really, at least in my mind, my definition of it. Um, a perfect lie that's out in um, November. Um, you're in. The point of view of the um, lead character, and you don't know if you can trust her, you can't trust her, you don't know if anything that is happening is, you know, real from the perspective of what you see in the whole big picture. So, um, which I think that's fun. I mean, so much fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so, what's a writer did like for for you? Once you once you start get started writing, do you like write every day? Do you set goals? Um, I do. I usually write seven days a week, but um, just because I. I just need to stay in the story, even if it's only a little bit. Um, and I do try and write 2000 words a day, but um, sometimes I'm rewriting the same 2000 words I wrote the day before, which is always this frustrating times when you are like, I cannot wake up tomorrow and write the same chapter again, <laughs> a different way. And you know, what's crazy is when I finally get past that, I always, I realize what was wrong and why I couldn't go on. And I'm like, God, that was so obvious. You know, the character was out of, think there was something wrong and sometimes I even have to if I get stuck like that go back a couple chapters and look and figure out where something's wrong and my husband will be like something's wrong or you could go on I'm like yes I know (laughs) (laughs) you know he's been dealing with this you know for years and do you need to talk about it um but um so but as far as my day goes I um I tend to write pretty late so I'll I'll get up and pretty late in the morning and then you know start writing after probably about 11 and then I write um, until the gym and I go to the gym and I do a lot of plotting while I'm doing cardio, believe it or not. 
And so a lot of times I'll come back and scribble down a whole bunch of notes for the next day. Or I've actually gotten the notes on my phone and started writing a scene because I just had to get it down because it came to me. So, I mean, that's pretty it, my boring schedule. (laughs) And do you you write on Word or some other program? Yeah, Word. Word. Yeah. 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 And are you going to continue writing uh, romance as well? Are you going to write both types of uh, of books or? Yeah, I am. Um, I, I think I, as far as romance goes, I mean, that's been a, um, a fun genre for me, but I do write um, thrillers along with that. So, you know, romantic suspense. So, so the difference is they just have a, you know, that romantic element, but there's still that thriller there. How many books do you have out so far published? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, when I first started, I wrote category romance and I, which was, you know, although it was hard to break out of, it was a good learning experience in a lot of ways, but I wrote 20 of those. Wow. Just those. Yeah. So just 20 of those. And since then I've wrote so many or written so many more. So I probably have 50 books or so, but again, like 20 of those were little category romances that are like completely different. But, you know, the great thing about that was I got to work with a lot of editors and one of my category editors gave me a piece of advice that has stuck with me forever. And that is um, if you can make your bad guy relatable and make people almost start rooting for him, AK, you can say Dexter, right? Yeah. Um, then, um, you know, you, you're going to have a more compelling novel. And so I, that little piece of advice stuck with me forever. So, I mean, there's little things like that, that um, these authors that are like writing indie and they're not working with editors, they don't have the opportunity I had to have some excellent editors say this or that, or just little pieces of advice that stick with you. Yeah, yeah I really, I, that's what I was excited to talk to you uh, when I found out about the poet is because I, I love these serial thriller type books uh serial killer thrillers and that's i think it's because of the of the, of the killers are so interesting to read um is, is that something when you were writing this you were you put a lot of time developing the the, the killer part of it as well oh yeah i really enjoy writing that <laughs> like, you write evil so well <laughs> but also uh, what's the funny thing is like um so Scott Brick reads the poet and the poet's part. And Scott Brick is just an amazing narrator. And my husband is like his biggest fan, I swear. Mm-hmm. And when I told him that Scott Brick was going to read it, he's like, no way, no, no. Are you kidding me? And I will tell you that the minute that book was available on Audible, he downloaded <laughs> it because he wanted to hear Scott Brick read the poet. And he, I have to say, he did a phenomenal job. Wow, he reads evil so well. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so cool. So I know I said on your on your audiobook is that you have two, you actually have two narrators. You have a, a female narrator, then the the Scott Bricks. Yeah, is that right. So, yeah. yeah, so Scott reads the bad guy, and then um, Samantha Jazz is um, Brittany, and um, and she does an excellent job as well. But um, but I mean, just Scott. I mean, <laughs> he, one of the things that makes her role so good too is that she you know, comes off as that straight laced cop. And then there's this contrasting evil Scott Brick, and he's just a very talented actor too. So I felt very blessed to have him read the character because, you know, you put so much heart into writing it. And, um, and boy, he, when he says you write evil so well, I'm like, well, you're also listening to Scott Brick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'll have to check that out. That sounds like a, like a great uh, production that they did for the, for it. 
Yeah, yeah. But boy, the narrators mean so much. And I know that because I'm a big audio listener. My husband and I actually will take uh, walks and listen to audiobooks together mm-hmm. and um, talk about them. And um, right now we're listening to The Kind Worth Killing, and I'm dying to get back to it. It's been snowy and stuff here, so we haven't walked to listen to it. But it's um, Peter Swanson, and it's so good. Yeah. And I'm just like addicted. And that, that narrator really makes a lot of difference. Oh, yeah. You guys really got uh, dumped with snow over there in Colorado, didn't you? <laughs> oh, my God. Crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I love snow, but whoo. <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> yeah. And there were these huge snow drifts. Yeah. So, like, we had, like, part of our driveway, like, had no snow. And then the other part was piled up over our head. And it's just like, this is crazy. And it was that wet, heavy snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. I live in California, but uh, we moved here from uh, 10 years ago from Minnesota. So I have a lot of snow experience. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Boy, you went uh, to quite the opposite, didn't you? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't miss the snow, I'll, I'll, I must confess. <laughs> you know, I do like it. And really here in Colorado, it's pretty mild. I mean, we get mm-hmm. some snow, but then it's sunny the next day. So this was pretty rare for us. I mean, it snowed like a whole weekend. And I don't know if I've ever experienced that in the... Um, 11 years that I've been here. Okay. So um, well, before I let you go, I always like to ask my guests about uh, any advice for aspiring writers. Cause I know they're listening to this uh, podcast. To write the book. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so many people say, I want to write, I want to write, I want to write. And then they don't write the book and then write another book because a lot of people think once they write the book, that's just it. But one book does not make a career. So mm-hmm. write the book. Love it. Okay. And so where uh, where can listeners find you? I was at your website, which uh, has a lot of great information. Is that probably the best place to connect with you? It is. And for my thrillers, it's Lisa Renee Jones, thrillers.com. Um, but if they just go to Lisa Renee Jones.com, um, you can get to either as well. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Lisa. I really enjoyed ch- uh, talking with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. If you have a moment, please do check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links where you'll be able to rate and review this podcast or simply rate this podcast wherever it is that you're listening to it, uh, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audible, Amazon Music, uh, whichever podcast app you prefer, uh, please take a moment to rate this uh, podcast. It's the best way to help other fans of uh, mystery and thriller books to find the uh, podcast. And uh, it helps me get the word out. And it's the best way to support the podcast. So I do appreciate that. And if you're interested, you can join my Thrilling Reads mailing list. You'll find the uh, sign-up form at thrillingreads.com forward slash links. Once you subscribe for free, you'll be notified about discounts and deals on great books in the mystery, thriller, and crime fiction genres. You'll also find my social media links and my author website over at thrillingreads.com forward slash links so check it out and say hi all right take care and stay safe until we meet again on the next episode of meet the thriller author